broadcasting around the world. Around the world. You're listening to the Mike Drop Club. Hosted by Douglas Hammond Message received. Message received. You do not need to know what you need. What you need. Just engage with the podcast feed. Just engage with the podcast feed. Providing weekly insights into cool stuff we've read, saw, did, or heard about what made us say, wow, eureka, damn, nothing is off limits. If it motivates and inspires you to reach your goals, then it shall be discussed. Featuring guest interviews from high performers and people of influence and weekly awards for the best mic drop moment. This podcast is guaranteed to leave you pumped up for the week ahead. Don't just live life, make life boom. Hi guys doing out there. It's Douglas Hammer DJ for another episode of the Mic Drop Club. Today not only is a glorious beautiful day in England, the sun's out. People are in a bit more buoyant mood as should I say? But I'm lucky I've been blessed to catch up with Fiona Small. This is a lady that is doing brilliant work out there. I first caught up with her hosting an event called um, Net Worth and Vibe event, whereby I was taken back by the way that she hosted an event and the way that she was able to communicate and encourage people in the audience to speak up and speak their truth. So I was already in awe, so I've been trying for weeks, if not months, to try and get Fiona Small on this show. So I'm being supremely blessed. So a quick background about Fiona. Fiona is not only a talented motivational speaker, she is the founder and director of the Young Mum Support Network, okay, which she launched in 2011, which she will go into um, in some detail as we um, proceed with the conversation. But outside of that, she is adding value in so many different pockets of um uh, of uh, windows as it were to inspire young mothers young people to reach their full potential despite or whilst you're still having children and um being buoyant in this very challenging circumstances so i've been honored no more waffle straight to the crux i would like to welcome fiona small to the mic drop club how are you doing fiona Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm super pumped up. I am super excited to speak to you. How you so how's your day been thus far? <laughs> it's been good. It's been really good. They started lovely. The sun is shining. So yeah, Most definitely. we're grateful. Most definitely. Most definitely. And as I was saying in the rather long intro was, um, I would just... Well, the second you spoke as when you were hosting, I knew there was something about you. You had this magnetic quality about you where you could engage people, which is a rare quality. Sometimes people um, think they're communicating, but they're very wooden as it were. But you, you have this sense of authenticity that you really have a special message and you ha- you're on this mission, sure. right? So I want to get to the crux of who Fiona Small is and the mission that she's on. So um, before you set up the Young Mums Support Network, how would people have described you? What 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 sort of personality did you have? Did you have this call in already before you even launched um the Young Mums Support Network? I think people would have described me as somebody like a woman on a mission. Um, there's a there's an article actually in the Woman's Own um, magazine, and they titled it "A Mum on a Mission." And I think prior to you know setting up 
my organisation, which is a CIC, Community Interest Company, Young Mum Support Network. I was climbing the corporate ladder because I believed that was kind of the direction that I should have been going in. Deep down knowing that there was always more mm. um, to me and I always was kind of dabbling in other stuff because I've always had a desire to have multiple, you know, when you've got, I've got multiple interests. And I think what I've been privileged with is having people of influence around me that's really helped me to kind of develop and enhance my skills. Um, and as a result of that, I'd say I've been on a personal development journey for the past, say, 15 years where I really started to delve into like, who am I and what is my purpose on earth, you know? Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And, um, was anything that triggered that or have you always been into personal development? Because quite a lot of people are, they say they're into personal development now, one or two books in, on the library, but mm-hmm. to have 15 years worth of, of material of, of like history, delving into what inspires you, what motivates you, why you're here, what you exist for, you know, this, this is a deeper question. Have you always been intrigued by the self as it were? Yeah. I think, you know what, I would say life experiences really kind of taught me to have to um, go into finding out who I am. I've I've kind of been through a a whirlwind of different stuff in my early 20s, suffered a breakdown, came through that, um, you know, fell into a little bit of depression and had to kind of really understand what PTSD really meant and what my cycles and patterns really were. And as a result of kind of going to you know, therapy and really kind of identifying what was really going on internally and where the root of some stuff stemmed from, it enabled me to really find and discover my purpose because I really don't believe that, you know, I think everything we go through, there is purpose in it. And, you know, the saying that says pain to purpose, I can often you know, honestly say to you here is that I really turned my pain into purpose or turn my pain into my power. Wow, well, that that is so so powerful there, and also on on this show, Fiona, we like to do what we call mic drops. So when people say things that are earth shattering and um so inspirational, <laughs> we drop bombs like this. And you do, you do, you're not gonna get a regular mic drop. You're gonna get what we call the <laughs> atomic. Okay, mic guys, drop. everybody ready? Atomic mic drop. <laughs> That's all for you. Wow. That's all for you. What you said Thank there you. was so, so powerful. Um, I know we're going a bit off script, but could you break that down just a little bit more so that uh, people can yeah. resonate with that? Yeah, I think um, if I go back um, as a result of leaving home early, which was uh, being a product of a broken home, um, mm. when I say early age 17, once my parents' marriage you know, broke down and the family home had broke down, as the firstborn, I really was impacted and affected by that, um, left home because my mum and I wasn't really getting on the usual kind of story, you know, yeah. dad left the home, so then I was original daddy's girl and was really angry at my mum because, you know, I blamed her for, you know, the, the marriage breakdown. I also blamed myself, in fact, as, as the eldest, used to, you know, carry the weight and burdens of things that really wasn't my burden to carry. And it's so interesting because, you know, I'm I'm 40 now, I was 40 last, I'm actually 41 in two weeks' time. And you don't look a day over 30. <laughs> no, for those <laughs> people who, who cannot see the visual... 
She's 40, but she doesn't look a day over 30. I can assure you of that. <laughs> As you were. Go I know. I, know. It's, it's, I love it. I love it. I really, when I look, when I turned 40, you thought it was a big year for me, actually. But what's what's really beautiful about being able to go back and revisit some stuff that, you know, you needed to maybe ask questions about or have a bit more clarity and understanding. I'd encourage people, if you've got relationships with family members or some unanswered stuff that you may need to be answered, it's so good for your own mental state of mind to know, actually, that wasn't my fault. And there's some things that I've been able to really release myself from because I was carrying burdens and baggages that didn't belong to me um right. and you know it was only in adulthood had realized oh it wasn't my fault you know yeah yeah most definitely and a lot of people can resonate with that but the how is that's the challenge now because you're talking with all the wisdom of somebody that has gone back and reviewed the way you were thinking and processing about events when you were younger as an older person and, can, and then you can now then appraise it properly but sometimes people stick to how they view the situation as a 10 year old, a 12 year old. And that is it. That's the narrative they continue the whole life with never go, never been able to be confident in going back to that challenging place, emotionally, spiritually, and readdressing it or reframing events so that you can get a deeper understanding of that. Yeah, I call it going into your basement. I mean, there's workshops that I run at the moment. I, when I'm doing analogies, I draw a house and I always do the the foundation of the house, which is your basement. And that is the stuff that nobody sees because everybody sees the nice, pretty, lovely bay windows, the driveway, the front door, you know, the windows are always clean. Nobody's looking at, nobody sees the basement straight away. And if we kind of, you know, use a house as an analogy and we begin to go into our basement, a lot of us need to visit it. But because sometimes it could be dark, it could be scary, it could be a really frightening place that can build and bring a lot of anxiety. So not many people are ready and I you know as a disclaimer I don't advise you know something around going back you have to be ready for it you can there's many a ways that you can begin to open up things mm. it doesn't have to be all at once because not everybody is ready to just open up a can of worms if you if if you are somebody who is kind of quite fragile it's not something that I would advise to do straight away you have to know when you're ready to go into your own basement and you have to know how you want to unpack that because um it's it's your story it's your pain it's your experiences you know well and indeed indeed so and that's where you need the support and you just talk briefly about you having been surrounded by a lot of um influential people that could keep you in on an even queue as it were. Um, How much, how how much of that um, do you say had to bear, it has a bearing right now in terms of who you are as a person? I think now it probably more so has a bearing because, you know, one of the things that um, there's a saying that said, God helps those that help themselves. So they, they, you have to kind of get fed up of being fed up. So there does come a point in life where it's like, okay, right. What am I going to do with this? Am I going to stay depressed? Am I going to get out of this bed? Am I going to brush my teeth today? Am I going to just get up and face the world? Or am I going to lick my wounds and have my pity party? After a while, the pity party has to end enough, you know? And once you get to that place where you're like, okay, 
dealt with this, still here today. Why am I still here? Why am I still in my right frame of mind? What else can I do? With all of the kind of support, advice, therapy, you know, there comes a part. I remember once, right, which was really interesting. I had this lady, sometimes I'm in my early 20s and she was a therapist and, you know, she, I think she kind of stepped out of her practice and kind of put on a big auntie hat and said, you're a young girl. What is the matter? With just sort yourself. Out. You know, that really just yeah. gave it to me, right? So wow. everybody else was like, oh, yes. And, Oh, 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 you know, really delicate, delicate. This lady, one day she just said to me, look, just sort it out. And I thought, wow, that was, I looked at her as if to say, you're not supposed to be doing that in your professional capacity. However, it was what I needed. Wow. It was what I needed. It's like, have you ever had it? You know, some everybody, some people have different approaches to things. I remember my first child, she's 15 um, now. And when I was in my lab, in, in labor, um, I, it was a long labor. And then my fourth midwife, bearing in mind, midwives have 11 hour shifts. So I had four, right? So yeah. you can imagine how long that labor was. The last la- lady midwife, she was not playing with me. She goes, why are you not taking the pain? Because I was trying to be natural. I didn't want the pain relief. I was like, no, no, no. She goes, you clearly can't take the pain. Why? Look at you. You're on the floor. Call the initiative. Take the pain relief and stop being silly. And I looked at this one thinking, <laughs> can you know, do you know what I'm saying? But I needed to hear that because yeah. soon as I realized I needed the pain relief, instantly that stopped. I was able to gain control and I was able to deliver my baby. Brilliant. <laughs> It's a brilliant story. And again, it's so true because we sometimes they call these things life-defining moments. Life itself can be that yeah. harsh truth where you literally get slapped with a mer- metaphorical wet fish, like the old mini advert when the mini's yeah. walk, driving, isn't it? And somebody comes out with a big wet fish and slaps you across the face. Like, wow, why did you do that? Then you, then you deal with the reality of the situation. Um, but when somebody gives it to you raw, that touches you, <laughs> it's it's one whereby it's like, wow, where did that come from? You know, you're shocked, <laughs> you're angry, but then you're forced to reflect and act upon what the message is because it's so direct, it's touched you. You know, I think this is why some people yes. do, don't really like being around people who touch them. Like forced, I remember I used to have a manager who... I used to be terrified of having these one-to-one meetings with her because she used to always hold me to account. And I was like, oh, she's like the worst witch ever, blah, 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 blah. But on reflection, she was helping me to grow. Everything that she asked me touched me. That's why I didn't like it. I didn't like it. it. I needed it. So without my- Uncomfortable space. Most definitely. Most definitely. Most definitely. So- you got this wealth of, of, of experiences that you're, you've been able to harness um, and cultivate to help other people. Okay. So, um, so this, the young mom's support network, how's that going? Yeah, it's going really well. I mean, it's eight years old. And can I just say, this was just an idea. I mean, I set it up 2011. So I just had my son in the summer of 2011. And many of us remember kind of, you know, what happened in 2011 with regards to the uprising in, in London and yeah. all that was happen, happening across the country. And I was at the time a nursing mother of my second baby who was a boy child. He was like four weeks old. And I, I just remember sitting, watching the TV and realising that something is happening and who 
is responsible and what should the response be? And I just became really, really active in the community. I just started, you know, I joined some committees and steering groups. I, at the time I used to write for a community newspaper. I had I've done a bit of journalism as well. So I used to write, it's just community journalism, but used to write for a few community papers yeah. and um, just writing about kind of like motherhood and motherhood experiences. I've always been passionate about the subject and, when I did my research and the then prime minister was blaming single parents oh, yeah. for this and that, the majority of the children that were doing that and the young people. And I sat and I thought, oh, somebody's raising these children. I, I took responsibility and ownership for my own because I was thinking, well, I know where my children are right now and I know who's raising them. So who do we point this finger at and how mm. dare this prime minister, you know, label single mums? And I've always been big on challenging narratives and stereotypes. I've always wanted to kind of, you know, smash that out the wall and break, break these glass ceilings. You know? mm. And I thought, okay, let's let's put something together and begin uh, to understand what, what the needs were. And funny enough, it, you know, one of the things when you really are passionate about a subject and it's, you know, one, it personally resonates with you, mm-hmm. you will literally, you know, kick down doors, jump through hoops, run cross hot coal to get to what you need to do to ensure that you get your voice heard. And, and what this organisation has taught me is that what a simple idea can do can transform into something that, you know, you never would have believed would happen. I mean, we I've been on the BBC a number of times. I've been invited to number 10 Downing Street. Excellent. I've, you know, I've travelled different parts of the world speaking about this same topic and subject. And it's really given me insight into inequalities, um, social action, social justice, really looking at it from a very holistic perspective, but also economically as well. You know, it's very eye opening. And like I said, prior to this, I was wanting to climb the corporate ladder and, This wasn't really part of the plan, but ultimately it was the plan. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Because again, you know the hero's journey that that they always talk about, whereby the the hero on any any film has to start a journey. Sometimes that journey will start (laughs) because they are in in a situation where they're forced to respond. Sometimes they make a concerted effort to go on a journey. Um, When you go on a journey where you see that there's an issue that has touched you, that you feel responsible for, that requires, a, I would say, a, a bigger effort to um, yeah. move, change trajectory from the corporate ladder, which a lot of people can resonate with, whereby you, you're trying to scale that slippery totem pole, as it were. Um, and then now you're doing something that's not sure, has no clear direction, but you now feel some some way or form responsible for a solution from the initial yeah, idea. So did you share that with As anybody? Yeah. Did you share that with anybody yeah. or did you keep it within yourself that I thought, oh, there's something I need to do. I don't know how to do it, but there's yeah. I think with me, what I'm good at is asking questions. So anything I don't know, I will put my hand up 
and ask the question. And the power is in asking the questions because do you know what I get to find out? Everybody else in the room has got the same question on their mind, but nobody's got the courage to put their hand up and ask it. So I'm happy to be that elephant and say, hi, can you explain X, Y, and Z? And then I'll get the answer. And then it was like, we need to ask that. And then (laughs) literally I had to learn the jargon. I had to sit down. I had to go back to school. And when I say back to school, I was on, I went on a startup program called the School for Social Entrepreneurs and any social entrepreneur out there and those with a social mission and purpose that is passionate about, you know, social issues, I would advise to go on to the School for Social Entrepreneurs. I was their 2013 cohort. I got a startup grant from them, but it really got me a deeper understanding of what it is to be a social entrepreneur, how to frame and register. So we're registered as a community interest company. I was able to then develop my offering, shape my programs. What does this business do? Do what's called a social impact map and really write down what it is that we are here to do and who we're here to serve and who our stakeholders are. And as a result of kind of going on that, I constantly went on like incubator programs, different startup programs, just really, and especially within the sector that I'm in, because you have to stay current. You need to be able to sit down round tables. The jargon changes so often in this field that you need to use a language of when people are like saying certain things, you understand it. If you don't understand it, you write down the words and then go and look it up yourself so then you can then drop it in the next meeting. You know, there's a whole (laughs) different narrative um, that you need to learn when it comes to funding and understanding how to pay yourself and just, just a wealth of different things. But what I did was went back and learned what it was that I needed. And I needed to go on the school for social entrepreneurs program. I needed to go. So I'm also part of like a pre-accelerator program with um, NatWest and they've been phenomenal. I've got like a steering board and an advisory board of corporates. What I did, I must say is all of my corporate experience, I was able to transfer into this sector that I'm in. And the third sector is not much different. They just use a different language, but it's the same dynamics. And once you've got, I think what the city taught me, it taught me negotiation. It taught me how to kind of really play a game up Mm -hmm. there that Mm -hmm. I was able to now apply on the ground um, and get the ears of those that I need. Wow. And, And again, so you went to a stage whereby you had a certain level of understanding and knowledge in the corporate world, but you were prepared to learn from scratch something completely new. And that does take a lot of courage as well, because a lot of us, we tend to say, okay, fine. I'm fully formed. I know enough for me to navigate the world. And it's frightening to say, actually, I'm now in an environment where I know nothing, nothing at all. It's like like what I'm doing now in terms of the, the media stuff, I had a vague understanding, but actually now enjoy the learning process. You know, I like, wow, yeah. I've learned something. I'm growing. I'm, I'm, I'm stretching that elasticity in my mind. So that's growth. And that's when you true. don't grow, you stagnate, you know, so that, that there, therein lies a very, very important lesson for all the listeners there that yeah. don't be scared to go back to base one. In fact, we count zero to nine, don't we? Then we add a, add a zero, then a one, then you get to 10, then you go down again, then start again. So 20, 30, but it, all our number systems go up to a certain point, then go back to zero, one, isn't it? So, That's right. 
these yeah. the stages always to remain a student. Yeah, always remain a student. Oh, I, I like that. My dad used to tell me the story of um this judo um champion who was a who was a um black belt, and um on his yes. deathbed, his his students um were mourning his 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 imminent de- demise, and um the master said, "Can you bring my white belt?" And they said, no, and the guys were arguing and said, no, 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 you're a black belt. You've dedicated all your life to this. You know, you, you, want to, you need to go out with your black belt. And he just said, look, where I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to be a student. Put my white belt on. Wow. You know, and I think that, that every stage in our lives, we have to be able to let go yeah. of our whatever banding that we have <laughs> to learn something completely Definitely. new. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just remaining remaining humble. You know, humility is key. One of the things, I mean, people would think that, you know, if you're not careful, you can allow for ego to get in. And I always yeah. I'm so surprised when people are like, gosh, you're so humble. I think, why, why, what else would I be? Do you know, it's not about me hyping. Yes, all right, I've kind of managed to establish something from an idea, but I say to everybody, if I can do it, so can you. I always get people say, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Do you know what? We all have our different makeups and our mm. resilience is very different. And for me, you know, I really am passionate about my subject area and I'm really passionate about female entrepreneurship. I love kind of everything to do with social justice and equality. I believe in it to the core. I'm, a, I'm an activist. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm a community activist and I'm a social entrepreneur, but I'm also, I've got a love for people. I love people. Yeah. And I believe that if when you have that in you, no matter, all right, they describe me as a subject matter expert and I get called to do different elements of things. And when you do become an SME subject matter expert, as I said, it gives you credibility. It yes. gives you kind of like a profile where people kind of go to, okay, let's call Fiona Small because she knows about this subject. And one of the things I would really encourage people to do is, you see, when you found what your subject matter is, whatever field that is in, stick with it. Immerse yourself in it. One of my mentors told me, master your brief. And when he said master your brief, I meant, I was thinking, what do you mean master my brief? And what I did was I really have done that. I've mastered my brief to an extent where I can quote stats, I can quote this, I can draw for reports and journals. And, you know, we've done focus groups on this, that and the other. And then now people are like, whoa, okay. She knows that exactly what she's talking about because I had to master my brief. Most definitely, most definitely, you get, yeah, 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 you get one of those again because that is so so important. Master your brief is no joke. It's no joke. If you're a subject matter expert, you cannot. Before you get to be, before you get to be a key person of influence, you have to be a subject matter expert. And any That's person, right. I'm paraphrasing everything you've just said so, so far. Every, and it first starts with you being responsible for something that you feel passionate about. That will enable you to then do the extra learning, the extra learning that is yes. required. Because in responsibility, there are two words. There's respond and ability. But when you start to respond yeah. to something that you have no ability for, you have to do, as Fiona says, you have to master your brief. You have to learn, learn yeah. and learn. That will give you the ability. Because a lot of people, like a lot of people I see have this latent potential and they're posting things that, and basically they're just ranting about things that they are passionate yeah. about, but they just a rant. 
how will you how do you then move from a rant to being a subject matter yeah. expert? Is you then actually yeah. taking that rant and saying, do you know what? I'm responsible now. I'm going to do the extra learning. It's not just enough to talk about yeah. injustice. How many people are affected no. by this injustice? Where does it permeate from? Okay. What sort of laws are in yeah. place to keep us down? You know, like what you said, you, ex you expanded an idea mm. and spaghettified it to what it is now, which yeah. is something that is beautiful to, as somebody looking, looking at you and saying, do you know what, this, this is a young woman that's doing great stuff, but it still comes with a small acorn, that little idea, that moment when something clicked in you. Said, mm. <laughs> yeah. And I'd advise people, you know, get onto committees and boards and, you know, steering groups and have your, your voice heard. There's many different angles that you can kind of take to navigate your way through stuff. You know, people see things so kind of one way, but you have to look at things broader. I'm, I, I call myself like the little Robin Hood. I, I believe in kind of the different aspects of how we can kind of, you know, get through this and, there's different ways, there are different pathways. Everybody has a different pathway and interest. But, mm. you know, for me to the one of the committees I sit on, I have only it's only four times a year that we, we meet for like what a two hour meeting, you know, out of my whole year, that's what six hours, mm -hmm. eight hours, sorry. Yeah. If I can't offer eight hours a year to something that I believe in, just to go somewhere that's not too far to sit down and add my voice, right, which is down the line going to have an impact on policy, impact on, do you know what I mean? It has, it, it cuts across. Yes. Then what? what's the point? You know, you really, there's an element of sacrifice, but you have to weigh up, you know, kind of, yes, it is a small sacrifice, but look at the big picture. You are so much more. MikeDropClub.com Make life boom. 100%, 100%. And the advice you have, uh, I know you've got a, a suite of different core offerings in terms of supporting businesses as well, particularly around the, the coronavirus scenario that we're all facing, that this whole, um, our world's been turned upside down, trying to find um, new, new routines, trying to find new purpose, new meaning. I know you've got a collection of yeah. um, different tools as it were for businesses. Can you talk us through one of them, which was the, um, I think it was the five ways to Corona proof your business. Yeah. So I've, I've launched a series of eBooks and I've put them together. So as a result of setting up Young Mum Support Network, I've now, you know, launched my own Fiona Small Brand. I was invited to Atlanta two years ago to speak um, for an organization that does similar work to myself. Um, and when I was given that opportunity to kind of speak internationally, I thought, okay, now's the time to kind of branch out and mm -hmm. kind of, you know, mm -hmm. in, introduce the Fiona Small brand. So I had been putting together a number of different digital products for a little while that had been sitting in my folder um, on my PC for a little while. And as a result of this pandemic, I thought, oh, wow, if ever there's a time to really start to launch this is now. Because last year I hosted a series of roundtables. So I founded what's called the Female Founders Club. Female Founders Club is for women with a social mission who just need support. I know that setting up and starting up is a very isolating space. And I wanted to kind of pull together because I get to realize that my market is also women. It is also mothers. It is also startups. And um, 
put these together. And then when the coronavirus hit, I kind of went into autopilot. It was like, right, now's the time to get these eBooks out. And I thought, what could I start with? And I thought, you know what? How, how five ways to corona proof your business. One of the things I thought about was one, I'm actually, I felt a bit like I'm head of the curb slightly just because I've already got the private members group. We were already doing things online via Zoom. I had already kind of established that kind of online community and offline community because we were having either afternoon tea and we were having round tables and all of those round tables were selling out. I used to have them at um, Nat West. I've even done some in the banks and up a bits and pieces. I thought, you know what, this is a great time to release this. Uh, the first, so I've got ones on how to kind of improve your business, your um, well-being, your mental health, even your relationship because obviously people are spending a lot of time together now mm. and um the five five ways to corona proof your business which is the first one i'm releasing it's just a, it's literally five steps and i thought you know what now because we're being flooded with information the best way people want things now is very bite-sized so i've just put like step one is like connecting with businesses like yours developing a new offering is the second one third is um staying in touch with your customers which people can be doing online now um four is to let people know that you're still in business and five um provide what is essential and these are the things that when i look at kind of you know why now my organization is still in business why people are still trying to say look we've got a budget for this can you do that and we've moved all of our stuff electronically is because i've managed to now still say right we're not we haven't shut up shop we're still here and this is what we've done we are we've corona proofed it by giving our customers which is like our stakeholders something to say look we can still provide a service but we are doing it now online via these platforms and i'm what i'd love to kind of you know share or get across on this podcast is that because a lot of people probably are in a bit of despair right now people are looking for solutions so if you are a solution focused business or or individual who think actually what can I do to help as long as you are you know fixing a problem or what is it that you're doing people will want you to do it so I've put these five steps together they're just in a in an ebook and that's for the the first one I thought would be a good one to put out would be the five ways to corona proof your business because this is where most people are and as you know we are on zoom majority of the time there's other organizations using um, Microsoft team and we are in front of our devices a lot from social media. So I've just been using what I've done to put it into five steps and I've got different, different topics as a, another kind of digital product to bring to market. Brilliant. Because again, anyone listening to this podcast, don't worry about taking notes as you're listening. All the information is going to be in the show notes. So I've got all the links in for Fiona Small's brands and all the um the PDFs and the, um, the ebook, sorry, that she's putting out as well. All of that is going to be on the show notes. So just relax and engage because this message that she's sending is very, very important. If you have an idea or a, a way of fixing a problem, okay, this is your time to shine, okay? Because the internet now is so mature whereby before it just go back six months, seven months ago, there was no real compelling reason for certain people to do Zoom conferences. Yeah. Now there's a compelling reason because you need to connect. So everybody's online, their ears and their attention are all online. So if you do have anything of value, now is the time to put it out. But you need to learn the process of putting stuff out to move from being a ranter. Yeah. Yeah. 
But if you're going to be ranting, be the best ranter. There's some people that rant and do quite well and make a business out of ranting. But if you're talking about business, creating a solid structure to corona-proof your business, I, I highly recommend you download the information that Fiona Small is putting out because therein lies the solution to how you navigate the digital world to put out stuff. Because if you go through one to five very quickly, Connecting your business with other businesses, for example, is very, very important. I know a lot of people doing businesses are terrified of collaborations. There's so much fixated yeah. in me, 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 me. I'm the one. You know, for those of you who watch Little Britain, yeah, I'm only say this and I'm saying it in a very loose way. I'm the only gay in the village type um, mentality, yeah, where you can be the only business it doing your business online. It doesn't work that way. It's all about collaborations. Okay. You need to connect with other businesses like yours or, and also make sure that you don't connect with businesses that are, that can cannibalize your brand. Don't just connect for the sake of connecting, you know, look at where you can partner with other businesses that complement your own business strategy and ethos and goals. That's what, that's what I would say to add to that one. Cause I, that one, really just stood out for me, like connecting to businesses. Sometimes when we try to connect, lucky enough, same minds, we connect, it's not a problem. But some people are so much into that ring fence in their business <laughs> and wondering why they'll have limited yeah. reach. You know, for us to grow, we need to connect That's- and move on. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's power in numbers, you know, um, you've got a bigger reach. There's so many, there's so much benefit. The way forward now is in collaboration. You know, I've got some amazing examples of that. I've actually got um, one on that, on kind of, you know, what to consider when, when collaborating, because you've got to look at, you know, kind of synergy and values and, you know, kind of ethoses and seeing where you align. But once you kind of have established that actually there is synergy and, and you do kind of share the same values, then there's no, it's a no brainer. As long as, you know, you put your agreements in place and, you know, people need to have a clear understanding. Some people go into emotional business is a thing that you can't, you've got to take out the emotion and just kind of look at the big picture but it depends on how seasoned you are in business you know some people are just still quite in the early stages of business so they're quite in that protective stage where the baby is still a newborn they don't want nobody to hold it they don't want the baby yes. to touch it but once that baby begins to grow and walk you're like look i need a babysitter man come look after this baby with me. you know what i mean it's like you know we, we can share we can share responsibility it's yeah. you gotta see things a little bit more differently but it only comes with time and experience so everybody's at a different stage yeah, most definitely. And, and actually, when you're putting out content such as yours, um, why should somebody go through the pain? You, you, if you've got a, a solution to a problem, yeah, exactly. you can cut out. You can cut out that, that whole process of going yeah. through this. People put out great content such as Fiona. You tune in and you get those messages so you avoid the pain and move on. And you, got, you, you move exponentially. And I've been interested, um, this is off script as well. Um, have you been watching like news Fiona where you're seeing the um the video conferencing that takes place with somebody a guest um speaker whatever the case may be um and you start looking at their backgrounds um I've been I've I've been looking at their backgrounds thinking hmm do you know what this is Professor Dean blah 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 the background is lots of books yeah (laughs) and and I start and I'm trying to read the the titles of the books because I'm thinking to myself "Mm, if I got that book or some of that that might make me be able to articulate myself in a better way or have a 
broader understanding because what yeah. books are these people reading? I'm I'm finding that personally very fascinating, the backgrounds of people on yeah. television. And it's always bookcases. Yeah, absolutely. It's always the bookcases. Interesting you say that because I actually observed that myself. Yeah. That's the show in itself, right? Yeah. Let's, let's let's review yeah. <laughs> um celebrities yeah. of background. Read, they say readers are leaders. Hundred percent, hundred Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Readers are leaders because it's what you know. You can only wing it so far. You yeah. can only wing it so far. So the fact that you're able to sell um yourself, your services and your products, you know, comes from um as as you're saying, from your, your background, as it were. You are first born, you you you've taken the 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 mantle from a very young age, taking responsibility for some things that shouldn't be your responsibility, but you've turned that as yeah. rocket fuel to drive yourself and you drive your business forward because there's energy associated with your brand. It's not a static thing. You go onto your website, go onto any of your platforms from the Instagram, it's always moving. So you're, you're remaining yeah. relevant and buoyant in, in these times. And that is what we need. We need people that are... We salute you at the Mic Drop Club because we need people like you who can keep on inspiring, keep on pushing out great content, whereby some people are saying, do you know what? No, I'm just waiting for this coronavirus thing to um, go away and I'm going to then restart my business idea. If you cannot start your business right now, when you have all the time in the world, even spent of family commitments, right? Chances are you never really yeah. start your business. You know, chances are because no, the whole world has yeah. actually stopped. Literally, that yeah, it stopped. Yeah. So well, people, people are connecting. One of the things I would say is just reach out. I mean, one thing that I do, especially people that um, send me messages on my DMs or, you know, I always respond as well. We've got the Female Founders Private Members Group in Facebook, which is on Facebook, which is the space where ever you need to kind of show your vulnerabilities, it's there because a lot of the time people are, are, are not as bold. I think I've probably got a different makeup where I'm happy to put my hand up and ask a question, but not everybody has the mm-hmm. boldness. But I'd say in this season during lockdown, you know, if you feel, because the good thing is we've got access to people at a fingertip now we can dm people you know sometimes you know they might take a while to get back to you but guaranteed now is the time to get hold of who you want because people are are waiting for somebody to either pick up the phone and ring them or send them a message or something and what's really a um a refreshing feeling is knowing that when you're able to answer a question, say people, are ex, you know, exploring different things in business or how I get questions like, what should I register as? Or mm-hmm. how did you go about registering? Or, um, you know, how do I go about getting funding? We, we launched a crowdfunding campaign in 2018 and it was to raise 20,000 and we raised 25,000 on our first crowdfunding campaign. I actually, if you go onto my website, if you own a small website, I've written a 10 steps on what to consider when um, doing a crowdfunding campaign because, you know, a lot of people kind of think that it's quite an easy process and it's actually not. And I thought, you know what? Because everybody was like, how did you raise that money, your first crowdfunding campaign? I was like, boy, you know, let me step by step these guides on how we did it. So, you know, there is different ways to kind of um, approach people and reach out and just give value. And I always say, you know, I share my nuggets and my 
gems at the moment. Because I was once upon a time at the stage where a lot of people are at now, where it was question stage, it was exploring stage, it was trying to understand it, is trying to get the answers that I needed. And I remember being there and also, you know, getting the help and answers from individuals. Um, so I never ever feel like I'm not, I've gone past that stage. I always pay it forward because I think it's important that we, you never forget the journey. You know, the, the, the saying my dad always says, he says, the same people that you pass on the way up is going to be the same people that you'll pass on the way down. Yes. So you just, you just, this is such a big, small world. Yes. And um, I really do, in, even in this sector, there's a lot of people that they'd be like, boy, you know what? I know they're like, well, we should have helped her back in the day, you know, because look, she's there now. And I don't, I don't have, I hold no personal grudges at all because, you know, who I needed help and assistance from, I got it, you know, I, mm. I kept, it didn't hold me back. And I think what people need to do in business, and I say this unapologetically, is let go of the emotions. Don't get, like, if you don't get a response straight away, don't get vexed. Send another message and <laughs> yeah. say, um, did you get my last message? You know what I mean? Don't be like, oh, they don't even respond. <laughs> you don't know what people are going through, especially in times like this. There is such sadness and sorrow yes. in the air. We're constantly sending condolences at the moment. You know, don't take for granted that people don't have personal things going on. People have lost loved ones, family members. You know, this coronavirus, as you know, is real. So don't, people. one thing I'd like people to recognise is that, you know, take what's going on serious and don't become self-centred during yeah. this season. Oh my God, um, yeah, that's, I hope people understand that. Oh, that, that. That message should resonate. If it doesn't, play it back and play it back until it does resonate because the reality is coronavirus is destroying lives, you know, and um, we are all connected we're all connected and it's all part of business as well, you know, for you to have empathy and compassion and be able to relate to your audience or your customers. You know, if you cannot relate to them, your communication strategy is going to be all off. It's going to be wrong. That's why we greet each other. Hi, how you doing? Because it's a, it's a well-founded um, engagement tactic. But if you don't know how to engage with people or you take things too literally or too sensitive and you're too sensitive you need to actually do some work in to discover where's that coming from? That sense of insecurity. Where does it come from if somebody tells you no? How are you processing a no? You know, um, I, I, I used to be bad at the word no. <laughs> I used to be bad at the word no. But now I realize actually it's a shortcut. It's a it's a it's a it's an empowering word for the person that uses it. Because sometimes they use it to to protect themselves. You know, um, now I, 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 yes, I say yes to everything and then I struggle sometimes to fulfill my brief because I've got too many things I'll say yes to. Um, so we're all learning, yeah. we're all learning. And um, Fiona, um, in terms of technology, um, just um, one of the last questions I, want, I got for you. How are you making best use of technology? Because it can be quite overwhelming um, to conduct businesses now online when you've got so many different other platforms. How, how are you slicing and dicing your reach? Well, what I'm doing mainly is creating content on video. So for Young Mum Support Network, what we've done, we've created um, a private group called Help Is At Hands for mums who are at home with their children and are now having to homeschool and are looking for, you know, some support with how to manage their day, what routines to put in place, what activities to do with their children, support that they may need 
with like the online learning because the schools have just kind of given us this role of, you know, teacher. And now we having to kind of, so what we've done is we've developed a community for homeschooling mums that need advice. And what we've done, we've even just put it, called it parents, because it's not just mums alone that are in this now, it's it's parents that are doing this. And um, so we've got that in our page and we go live. So one of our um, stakeholders that we work with through one of the children's centres in Hammersmith and Fulham, we actually go live on their page every Wednesday. So we're yeah. an admin for their Facebook page and then we go live. On our Instagram, we go live every Friday at 11.30 um, on the Young Mum Support Network page as well. And we've also, so what we've got at the moment is we use Zoom. So for my Young Mum Support Network, everything is on video. So if you go on there, you'll see we've got tips, we've got ideas of what to do with your children from arts and crafts and activities and coping strategies all on video and then under the Fiona small brand for the female founders every Monday at 9 p.m. we go um we we join our zoom call and we check in and we have different conversations and discussions there so and I've also got the private Facebook group as well for the female founders and that that's where I communicate so and obviously I use my Instagram so I've been obviously I'm somebody that's been online using social media for a little while so it's not been that difficult for me all I would say is that now I'm using video a lot more in terms of pre-recorded ones but now what I've managed to get is good editors that are doing stuff so it's just kind of getting the files over to them them doing the edits and then going to kind of the various places that they need to like YouTube and website and stuff like that so it is a lot but I'm it's something that I'm still familiar with because I'm familiar with being in front of camera I'm familiar with um everything i've actually launched a course actually in terms of how to present yourself on camera a lot of people hide behind their brands yep. and now is the time that you need to become in front of the camera people know, need to know who you are i think well, the good thing with me because I've, I've, I've always kind of stayed in communication with my audience especially on my fiona small instagram via my stories people have i've got a lot of virtual friends anyway people we've not met in person mm. and it's so nice when you do meet them like oh my gosh fiona you still not the same one because you know <laughs> sometimes people with all these filters you can meet people in person and be like wow yeah. that really is? <laughs> but um what's been really good is that you know you're still able to stay connected on yeah. that so I would say to individuals who do communicate um with that don't have these long you know kind of silences still stay very much on your stories even if you don't yes. even if you don't want to do video then put up a post to something because then people are able to see it the other day I had um on my stories who was viewing was a celebrity I thought it was quite interesting wow um wow. Phil in fact yeah I know really? you're the singer wow yeah and I, I had to screenshot <laughs> screenshot it because I was like what and I looked to see if it was really him and it was his page just why would he have a look on my stories? But but it's quite interesting. Another thing, what what happened to me, um, not last week, the week before, Channel 4 producers actually approached me. They sent me a message on my Instagram and asked me if I would be interested in going on their um, show called The Circle. I hadn't heard anything about The Circle before. I um, looked it up and thought, no, it's not really <laughs> my thing. But I thought, yeah, it's really interesting to know that actually the, just the more 
current you stay and the more online engaged you don't know who is watching so you know i would say to those who are on um social media and stuff like that come from behind your brand is if ever there is a time to you know say hi well this is me my name is such and such it's now um but i'll be giving you more details on on that course because it's it's actually an introduction to like how to um, get familiar with presenting yourself in front of camera because there's different te- techniques that I've learned along the way as well. Sure, and that sounds like a, um, a, um, a training guide that everybody needs to be um, tuning into because we can all improve in terms of how we present ourselves because we want people to believe our narrative, our own stories, okay? Speak the yeah. truth even if your voice shakes because at least people will be able to see a journey that you've been on don't need to worry about being airbrushed and looking all prim and proper straight away. You know, people like to follow yeah. a story. I've I got people all the time say, dogs, the videos that you, that you did like three years ago on the back of your car, <laughs> come a long way. But yeah, yeah. that's what that, that keeps you humble. I'm not, got, I'm not the type of person to delete all my old content. It's all there yeah. and relevant. And I remember that Fiona, the first video I ever done was um, one whereby I was trying to support people to get jobs. Yeah, like there's a technique I used to um, teach young young people to um, start techniques in terms of situation, task, and um, what did you achieve and what what was the results as a way of framing answer um, questions to a job interviews technique. That was my very first motivation motivational interview, a uh, motiva- motivational video I done years ago. Yeah, but I still get people on that feed saying, "Thank you, Douglas." Yeah. Because of that, I got the job. Because of that, I've got, I'm like, wow, really? But when I look at it back, I'm thinking, oh, really? No, the technique was poor. But, but it's, a, it's the sincerity in the message that is key. And people connect to that because they know I was being sincere. I'm trying to help. I've got a solution to a problem. All, all the other stuff they'll yeah. forgive you for. So whatever, whatever equipment you have right now, <laughs> go with that. And launch. Absolutely. Yeah. And, Absolutely. and launch. And launch. So what we want to do, um, Fiona, is um we normally close the show with um any um life defining messages that you want to offload or any uh, signposting you want to do just before yeah. we go we go we go. And I will say that Fiona, you are now a resident of the Mic Drop Club. So we look forward to engaging on lots and lots of brilliant content in the future. Okay. So the floor is yours. The floor is yours. Yeah. Well, in terms of life defining, I would say this pandemic, if ever, is the most life defining moment. And, you know, the main thing, what you, I would say for everybody listening is use this as an opportunity. There's never been a time in history or even in our lifetime that we have been told that we need to lock down or we have to, you know, this whole lockdown, use it as an opportunity to kind of do some soul searching and try and see, you know, at the end of it, how, what have I learned? What am I going to become? And how am I going to utilize my time during this period? So see this as a life defining moment, because that is exactly what it is. You know, we're hearing so much every day. And I would say for those that want to connect with me directly, you can go through my Instagram, which is at Fiona Smalls with an S at the end. And my website is www.fionasmalls.com. .co.uk. Got the Facebook page, which is the 
FS, which is my initials, Female Founders Club on Facebook. And you can join there as well. But just stay connected, you know, stay connected, reach out to others, use this time to really look at, okay, what am I going to come out the other end to say, this is what I did during this period? Because it won't last forever. Wow. Thank you very much, Fiona. Last mic drop for you. (laughs) We out. Be safe, guys. We'll catch you on the other side. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out micdropclub.com and get the show notes and useful links. Subscribe to the podcast. Don't just live life. Make life boom. Boom.